Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Raising a Healthy Family. I am your host, Natalie Schwartz. I am so excited for today's guest, Nikki Brosnan. She is the founder of Kids Anxiety Solutions. She's a certified health and life coach, and she specializes in helping our kiddos figure out their anxiety and gives tools and techniques to parents to help them. And I am so excited about this episode. I got so much value out of it myself as a mom. I know you will too. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest, Nikki Brosnan. She is the founder of Kids Anxiety Solutions. She is a certified health and life coach specializing in cognitive behavioral techniques. Her passion is around children's mental health to empower and support them by bringing more joy back into their lives. I feel like this is something that we all need, not, not even necessarily just kids, but I am so excited to have this conversation. I think it's so important. And, um, yeah, Nikki, I would love for you to share with us sort of like how you got started, like what, what growing up was like, what your, you know, how you got to where you are. Um, so yeah, welcome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I always like to say that I took the long way around. So I, <laughs> quite um, a long, it's taken me a long journey to get to this place. I grew up in a pretty uh, abusive environment. It was like physically, mentally, sexually abusive and in all areas. And the way I dealt with that was that I became a people pleaser, starting off as a parent pleaser, became a people pleaser and, you know, really striving to just please anyone around me in any way possible. I walked on eggshells a lot and I had a lot of what I now know were anxious um, traits. They were, um, I was very nervous. I was always trying to please. Like I mentioned, I had butterflies. I, you know, how would be sick before tests, any of those things. And back then it wasn't called child's anxiety. It wasn't calling these things. It was called, Oh, you're just nervous. Oh, you know, you're just, um, a perfectionist. I got called an ice queen because I would dissociate so badly. I would just look like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. And sort of carried on throughout, you know, my entire childhood. I went into university. I played basketball. I did all these things, but I was still always looking to others to, to figure out what was, what was okay and what I should be doing. And then I went into teaching. And, uh, what I saw from there is that I, I was still had that urge to please. I was still trying to figure out my spot, but my children's anxiety developed into adult depression, adult anxiety, and a whole host of autoimmune disorders and diseases. So I started on this journey of healing at the same time as I began my teaching career. So I was teaching in a middle school, teaching eighth grade primarily, teaching science and PE, and still experimenting with different modalities such as um, Chinese acupuncture and you know, a lot of personal development work and yoga and meditation. And so as I would learn these things, I would take them into the classroom. Now the school I was in was an inner city school. So it was, it was a tough crowd and it was, it was a lot of young, young guys, especially I had sort of a heavy class and, and I knew that they had come with a whole, whole host of their own stories, their own stuff. And you could see them, like they had these hard shells on them. And so I kind of just, would slowly sneak in some like meditation 
or some yoga before we did our run and in the gym. Which I, I love that you do that because my son right now, he's only in kindergarten, but they're incorporating like breath work and yoga into what they're doing. And like, if they feel themselves like, you know, getting, uh, you know, not out of control is probably not the right word, but like they feel themselves like, you know, getting tense or whatever. Like they have these breathing exercises they do, which I just think is like so important. That was not around when I was a kid. And I love that that's, you know, being taught and being brought into the classroom. I'm such a fan of that. Awesome. And I'm sure you see him bringing it home too. Yes. He taught all of us. We all do it together. It's like his beach ball breath and there's like a rainbow one. Yeah. We love it. So good. Yeah. So that's what I was seeing in the classroom as I was taking these things in and these kids that were so like rough and tough and didn't care about their grades were suddenly just softening and just a little bit more receptive. And when they saw that for me, it wasn't just about the science test or, you know, what your time was on the run. I started, you know, developing relationships and just seeing how that heart center teaching that sort of emotional intelligence. And again, that's sort of new within what we're seeing in schools. And I should think it should be taught in every school, yes, but for sure. it wasn't really back then. And, uh, I, it, it became so valuable for me to see that as I was connecting with these kids and teaching them just these simple, simple things, I always say the science behind anxiety is quite complex, like the brain science, but the solutions are really easy. So just simple things like the breath work was responding so well. So yeah. Yeah, so no, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, no, keep going, keep going. So as as I was learning my own things and then I I um, got married and I had my own kids, I left the school system because I wanted to focus more on yoga and doing some coaching of my own. So I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching, primarily with moms at that time. And we were looking at a lot of things around generational healing and, and that kind of thing. And I sort of fell into um, this knowledge around ACEs, which is... Um, adverse childhood experiences and just Mm -hmm. looking at how things that happen in our childhood affect us much more than we think they do into later life. Mm -hmm. So the whole philosophy around, oh, kids are resilient. They're fine. Is like just complete BS really, because what we're seeing is like everything that's happening, especially in this day and age is going to have a ripple effect into their adulthood if we don't do something now. So that's where I shifted over back to kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is so important, especially the work that you're doing specifically with kids and with anxiety, because I think that there's so much more that's available to them to see. There's so much more available to to parents that is then being discussed. And I think there's a lot of things going on for them that they don't know how to process. And I feel like I'm healing things that I saw or learned in in childhood as a 35 year old woman, you know, with two kids. And um, I think it's so important to teach our children the tools to deal with them. And it's, you know, to like honor their feelings in a sense, you know, I know that you, um, you know, work a lot with kids with anxiety and stuff like that. And I know that you have some interesting statistics and stuff around that. I don't know if you wanted to share that because I would love for people to know about that. Sure. Well, it's, it's really staggering. And it's actually one in four kids today are experiencing anxiety. And that's just skyrocketed since the beginning of the pandemic. And it's something that isn't talked about a lot. And last October, I was just shattered to see that the leading experts in pediatric health stated that children's mental health is now in national crisis. Like when I say it, even now, after all this time, I just get shivers down my I body. Know. Because I'm, how did we get to this place, you know, where yes. our 
Africa's mental health. I mean, suicide rates are and are skyrocketing. Um, the hospitals are overwhelmed with just like this whole host of kids that are just struggling with all these different things that, you know, we wouldn't think that children in childhood, you know, in their childhood, they should be dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And going back to what I said before, I think they're just exposed now to so much more like with the internet and with social media and their friends and, and seeing things. And it's just this constant inundation of things. And I feel like, especially during the pandemic, having to isolate or wear a mask or do different things like that only adds to that. And as kids, you don't know how to fully process everything that's going on. And so I think it's so important to have somebody there like you to help parents understand what's going on with their children and then give them some techniques and stuff like that to help, which I know we'll dive into in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I would love for you to touch on, because this is like, so one of my passions too, with with anxiety with kids, I know you correlate that to their gut health. And Mm -hmm. for me, I, you know, focus on helping families eat more plants. And that for me is, you know, that supports your immune system. That's how your body regulates. That's how you stay healthy. You get vitamins and nutrients and all of the things It's like, you need that to thrive. And Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was a really interesting correlation, um, between anxiety and, and gut health. So I'll kind of let you touch on that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for what you do. Cause I think it's such important work. Oh my gosh. Thank you. They just don't see, you know, they don't see that correlation. And, and we live in a society where it's just like, we're inundated with advertisements and this is good and do this. And the packaging looks pretty. So let's do this. Right. And as you know, and I'm sure you talk about a lot is we, we're living on a sad diet. The standard American diet is a combination of high carbohydrates, processed sugar and high and saturated fats. So our kids are just getting like this is all this garbage put into their bodies, which just it um, it just destroys their gut health. It, it exasperates their anxiety and all those things. And there's lots of reasons why kids you know may not have great gut health. And one is just if from the mums, right? And so like yeah. whatever up, our upbringing was, and I didn't really know that I needed to you know make sure my gut health was healthy before for I got sure. pregnant. Yeah, right? for so sure. Yeah. So that's not wasn't the top of my list for sure. But looking back, I think, you know, that could have contributed to, you know, some of my child's uh, allergies and that kind of thing as well, because they're literally, they're part of us, right? So that can help or that, that can sort of contribute to the state of their, their gut health, as well as things like, you know, how they were born because a vaginal birth gives much better gut health. And then things like, um, like, what are they eating? What, what are they subject to as far as toxins? Are they in living in a city where there's pollutants in the air? All these things add up. And, you know, yeah. and so it, it's really important that when we're feeding our kids, we're looking to nourish them. And this is, I mean, this is definitely your area of expertise, but we want to look at giving them things like, um, you know, probiotics, prebiotics, and a lot of fermented food. And it's, it's again, it's a simple thing. But we need to move away from the packaged foods and the Lunchables and all of that. Oh my God. I know. I know. And it's so funny. I grew up with raised by a single working mom. So we did a lot of frozen food. I had Lunchables, you know, all the Mm -hmm. things because she just, they just didn't know then, you know, sort of like we know now, but 
you know, kids, especially too. And that's sort of like what, what my mission is with, with helping moms to feed their family more plants. Like I get it. You don't want to go fully vegan or, or whatever. Don't, but Mm -hmm. the more plant food you can incorporate the better, because when kids aren't eating processed food and high sugar food, they're better able to regulate their body. They're able to regulate their emotions. Um, they're not having these spikes of insulin from the sugar and And when you're eating a lot of processed food or fast food or junk food, it's void of the nutrients that you need to regulate. And that affects, you know, ADHD and anxiety and depression and all of those things. Um, and I just think that sometimes parents aren't aware of how important it is the correlation between what you put in your mouth to the feelings that you're having or the experience, your life experience that you're having, whether it's depression or anxiety. And Mm. especially for our little people, our kids, like I always cringe when my kids go to their grandparents' house here in Ohio, because my son will come home and go, I had 10 pancakes, like three cookies, (laughs) M&Ms. And I'm just like, oh God, you know, like all the work I do, you know, I know I won't go out the window in one day, but still, um, So, yeah, I do think that that is so interesting, that correlation between gut health and anxiety in children. Mm -hmm. Well, what it does is it, you know, if your gut health isn't stable and it isn't producing like all the like great microbes that we know that we need, it lowers the serotonin levels. And if you have low serotonin levels, it leads to all things like anxiety and depression and aggression and impulsive behavior and insomnia. So all these things that we see as, you know, red flags in kids you know, could simply be that they need some help, you know, and support in their gut. So again, just easy solution, but it's something like, and again, I love how you say plant-based because it makes it so much more accessible and it's just getting back to that basics and getting back to what kids need. Yes. And I think that we need that as a society, even as adults, like we all need to just get back to basics. Like with the products that we use, with the way we approach getting sick with the food that we eat, like, you know, it's like less is more and taking that natural holistic route. I think people are starting to recognize is what is serving you. That's like what your body is craving for. So Mm. I think that that is so interesting too. Okay. So what are some techniques that parents can, or, or, or for example, tell me like, how do you know if your kid has anxiety? for one, or or what are some things that they might be acting out? Are they, are they withdrawn or like, how, how would somebody know? Like, okay, I think my kid is, is suffering from this. That's a really good question. And it's, it's a challenging one because that's part of it is kids don't show anxiety the way adults do. So you might see just a shift in their behavior. You know, maybe they're suddenly not wanting to go to school. Right. And, you know, and maybe for us, it's just this like, oh, come on, you're just putting it on, da, 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 da but we need to be investigative. So we need to be looking at like what's happening, what's going on. Maybe they don't want to go to school anymore. Maybe they're settling to have, you know, regular nightmares. Maybe that's something that's happening. Maybe you're seeing them just suddenly withdrawn and things that they love to do. They used to love to do suddenly they don't want to do it anymore. So the basic and the most important thing that I always say is make sure you're having those conversations with your child, ask the open-ended questions, like really try and refrain from yes or no. And also trying not to lead into things like, are you feeling nervous about the science fair tomorrow? Because then that's kind of planting a seed. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. So what you want to do is really be just asking like the open-ended questions where you're saying, you know, you know, I, I used to be so excited about the science fair. How are you feeling about it? And get them to 
open up the conversation okay. and make sure that you're available to listen as well. So that you're not just, you know, make sure that you have the time that you're not grabbing your phone or that you're cooking dinner at the same time. Like make sure you have that one-on-one space where you can really engage with your child and, you know, just the simple things like make sure you're doing things like um, coloring or playing or building blocks, just doing something with your child where you know that you can engage together. And it just, it allows the conversation to happen for sure. So that's one, one thing. Another thing is just, you know, just simple breath work and make it part of your daily routine. So I'm a big fan of habit stacking. So taking something that you normally do, like maybe your bedtime stories. So you're going to read your bedtime stories. And then at the end of that, you're going to do 10 deep breaths together. And so like for you, it'd be Uh, the beach ball breath. Yeah. Or or whatever it is. Yeah. But, you know, use that and just like keep affirming that that's something that you not only do in the classroom, but we're going to practice it at home too. Because it's just like, I would say, like when I played basketball, we had to go shoot 100 free throws every day because you need to work that muscle and you need to get it. So it's just a reflex action. So that when your child is in a state of anxiety or stress, that they just automatically go, oh, I know what to do. I need to go and do my beach ball breath, or I need yes. to, it's like pulling from your toolbox, like your mental yes. toolbox. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say it's really good to, you know, we have anxiety toolboxes where it's just the things that come in things like affirmations, you know, especially with the kids, um, your kids at their age, that's when I started with my daughter is just things like I am strong. I am brave. I am powerful. And just always like, whenever you have an opportunity to practice it, get it in. If you're at the park and they're at the top of the slide and they're feeling nervous, you say, I am brave and get them to echo it back to you, you know, and just yeah. that constant repetition of them remembering and it works. And I, like, I am such a proponent of it because like with my daughter, I mean, she's, she's can be very um, emotional in places and she needs that, those tools to draw upon. And I've seen it working. I've seen her like at, you know, at the start of swim lessons, suddenly she's like, I am brave. I am strong. Like, and I can hear Oh my her. gosh. I love that. It's great. And my son, who's now 11, I saw him before our last swim meet. He was teaching one of his teammates some breath work because his, his teammate was saying he was nervous. So I just thought, wow, uh, like that they're so there. Cool. Yeah. They're sponges, you know, just like oh, saying, yes. you're seeing them bring it home. And we have such an opportunity to give them the tools now so that they can like not only move through the anxiety and stress of what we're dealing with on our day to day, but they can take that into adulthood, you know? So yeah. And I always say, even if you think, because I know there's a stigma around, oh, my child doesn't have anxiety. My child is fine. But I just think, you know, at the end of the day, we all experience anxiety at some point. So if you get to the point where you feel like you truly feel that your child doesn't have anxiety right now, the worst case scenario is that you're preparing them for their adulthood when they will have anxiety in college and their jobs and all of those things. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think that's so powerful too, to think of it that way. It's like your child doesn't necessarily have to have all of these crazy signs that maybe they're suffering from anxiety right now, but equipping them with the tools so that they know what to reach for should it arise. I think I think that's so good. And I love that they're doing that in my son's kindergarten class. Cause most, you know, I know he's just like on la la land a lot of the time, you know, but it's nice to know that he's picking up those things. So that is really, that is really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm really glad you're, he has that teacher because that's not in the curriculum. So that's something she's doing above and beyond, which I feel is the most important work, right? The rest will fall into place, but if they don't have that mental health in place going forward, I mean, they're just going to struggle. For sure. And I love 
that you said mental health, because again, what you eat correlates to your mental health, to your well-being, And I, everything is so interconnected and the body is really smart, but it's also very simple and it needs the basic things to thrive. And it's kind of relearning what it is we need to be giving it and what it is we need to be giving our children. And as the parents, as the moms, like we lead by example, I always say, where are the gatekeepers of our family's health? Like we're probably the ones grocery shopping and making the dinners and giving them snacks throughout the day. And so it is so true. It, the, the pairing of those together. So if somebody wanted to work with you or find out more, where can they find you? Like what's your website? What's your Instagram? Okay. Well, right now I am kids anxiety solutions on Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest and basically everything except my website right now is www.nikibrosnan, N-I-K-I-B-R-O-S-N-A-N.com. Awesome. And I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you want to add or that you wanted to touch on that we didn't cover? Just love on your kids hard, you know, just know that we're, we're all going through it. We all have our own journey. And I think parents especially are just trying to navigate so much right now. And I, I don't think any of us have the tools and the best thing you can do for your child is just squeeze them a little tighter, tell them and take the time to tell them how much you love them and how special they are and how much you appreciate them. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of where all the anxiety stems from is they just don't feel good enough. Oh my gosh. So good. And so powerful. And it is true. I we're doing no screens right now, which I've relied heavily on because we're in the winter here and it's being from California. This is not something I know. And so, um, I've been doing no screens, but also losing my patience. I find a little bit more cause I'm constantly needing to be entertaining. And I just was thinking, you know, like I need to just take a moment and take a breath and like love on, you know, Jack just a little bit more and like, enjoy this time where we're really connecting. Cause I know in a few years, he's not going to want to be doing this. So yeah. it was a good reminder for me as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, kudos to you for doing the no screen time. Cause that is a lot more work for you. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you came on and I feel like this is such an important conversation and I'm glad that we could shed light on it and, and, share what you're doing with kids, I think is so fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of Raising a Healthy Family podcast. I am your host, Natalie K. Schwartz. You can find more of me at nataliekschwartz.com. You can follow me on Instagram at nataliekschwartz. And I am so happy you're here. Thank you for continuing to listen and support the show. Any information from today's show will be in the show notes. Thanks for following along.